KXNO. Ken Miller. Oh, Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon here on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller for the next couple of hours talking sports with you. Appreciate you tuning in. Here's what's coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list. We will talk about the Big Ten in Iowa at the bottom of the hour with Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Uh, his mailbag published. Part one was uh, heading into the weekend. Part two published this morning. So we'll talk about that. Talk about uh, there's a lot of things to get to with Scott Dockerman. Of course, signing week, signing period number two uh, this Wednesday, uh, and perhaps there'll be an opportunity to catch up with the uh, well with Kirk Ferentz. We shall see, and we'll talk to Doc coming up here at eleven thirty at twelve ten. Nick Athen from Chiefs Insider Primetime Sports Talk. Uh, he will be with us to uh, recap. Uh, yesterday's AFC and preview Super Bowl 57 Eagles and Chiefs. Uh, so Nick Athen and then Nick Oson, para Nicks in the 12 o'clock hour, 15 minutes apart. Oson, of course, covers Iowa State. Uh, Iowa State in action tonight in Lubbock, the return match that uh, was an overwhelming, convincing victory for Iowa State earlier in the season. Uh, the return game tonight in Lubbock with no decision, at least that I've seen yet, on Caleb Grill's availability. Cross fingers for Cyclones that uh, he's able to go. Uh, well, Trent, good morning. Hello. Your thoughts? I guess we should start. Uh, well, obviously, we've got some basketball to recap, but mm-hmm. let's start with the football and in the order that the, the game's played out. A um, couple of things: the the blowout that uh, that became the Niners and the Eagles game uh, is um, going to overshadow. I think a I mean the catch that wasn't a catch mm-hmm. early yes. in the football game that does not exonerate, in my opinion, Kyle Shanahan and his staff nor the NFL on that expedited replay as they completely missed uh, Devontae Smith who didn't catch the football, knew he didn't catch the football, got up from the ground, put his fists together. Is that a signal to his uh, to his Eagle teammates to get right to the line of scrimmage? I didn't catch it. Something's wrong here. Hurry up. We're going to get caught. He didn't get caught. They scored a touchdown very shortly after that. Then the, then the uh, Niners get the ball. Brock Purdy gets hurt. And essentially the game was over at that point. It was. And, you know, that butterfly effect, if they call that correctly, or if they get the challenge in, he doesn't get hurt. Right. Well, yeah, true. Right? I never thought of it that way. It's probably true. Now, we could play this for every entry, right? Sure. Just one little thing goes different, and yeah. you, you have those thoughts that pop in, but it happened. Yeah. And it played out in that fashion. It just, it just stunk because I just wanted to see that yeah, game. I was too. so excited me for too. it. Me too. They were by far the class of the NFC. There wasn't mm-hmm. a close competitor between them. It was nope. those teams were right, the Right, two clear. teams were there. Yeah, and we just didn't get to see it. We robbed. didn't get to see Brock Purdy in that environment. We didn't get to see the matchup that we were hoping yeah, for. And, yeah. and as sports fans, we were robbed of that. There's nothing you We can would do. get robbed later on in the day as sports fans oh. as well. We'll get to that. <laughs> but as it pertains to the Eagles, man, they're good. <laughs> now, we, we talked throughout the week trying to find a weak spot on that roster. What is just, it? There just isn't. No. There really isn't a weak spot. This and if the officials continue to let the offensive line move a beat before the ball is snapped, like Lane Johnson does every single time he's in pass pro, every time the right leg moves back and it's okay. And that's not why. I'm not bitching about the officiating. It was awful yesterday. It was terrible. Um, but but watch it. It's, 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 a, it's a thing. 
yes, we, we were robbed of a good game yesterday, which was really unfortunate because, come on, uh, Josh, uh, Josh Johnson has played for how many teams when you include all the leagues? Is it over 20? I, I think so, yeah. I believe that's good what it God. is. When you talk about practice squads and training camps and things like that, along with all a, the different Whatever the, the league, that the godforsaken league that's going to follow the NFL when that at the end of February. Oh, yeah, the ARF. The ARF or whatever it is. <laughs> He's been in a bunch of those. Made a lot of money holding a clipboard, being inserted periodically. Um but he just—he's not going to carry this team or do anything for this team. And you saw it. Purdy forced to come back into the game when Johnson was concussed, and essentially, I think did he attempt one pass? Yeah, he threw that little swing pass, a uh, right. little wide receiver screen out there. That was it. That was it. They couldn't do anything. Nope. Would it have been better if you just put McCaffrey in Wildcat? Maybe, um, but maybe. I mean, it couldn't have been worse. Still, how many times is McCaffrey going to throw it in that? This is the NFL, right? And this is, this is not when Ronnie Brown was surprising the Patriots right, right. when it came out of nowhere. Well, because nobody had seen it before at that point. And in fact, when they saw probably the injury then to Johnson, I'm sure the defensive staff got together and said, sure. hey, if they go Wildcat, they're working on it. They're, right. they're, they're already going through the motion of figuring out what you're going to do. Yeah, you get an extra blocker in there, you can do some different things, but... Chris McCaffrey's not reading defenses. No. He's not, it's going to be a one-option. As option talented kind of as he is. Right. right. Yeah. It's just a completely different uh-huh. world. All right. So it was 31-14 if they do that. Maybe they got a drive out of yeah. it. Yeah. It, it, it didn't matter. Nope, it didn't. Philadelphia is, well, let's, let's go back to your original question. Where is their weakness? They don't have one. I don't think they do. The fourth and one play, the rugby scrum. Oh, my is, is it time to go back to the old rules? Where you can't help, where you can't the bush push. Yeah, get rid of that again. It's unstoppable. It is, unless you're what Josh Allen. Yeah. Well, the, um, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Is it time to go back? Maybe because it, it seems like it's unfair. It's a it takes away conclusion. the spirit of the game. Yeah, just, you're going to pick it up every time, right? It, Seemingly, it's not right. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't hate it in most instances. It's, it's not a play that really bothers me. When you're at the goal line, right? Just get the guy in, okay? But there's something about the fourth and one that it yeah. just it, that bothers me mm-hmm. more. You stop the team, you got them to fourth down, and then you're just going to do this cheater play. Make them earn it. Yeah. Right. Could you do something where inside the yeah. five, you're allowed to push them in, but that's it? <clears throat> Maybe. I, I I don't you know I'm not even sure if it's on the league's radar. Or you can't do it on fourth down. Maybe they got bigger fish to fry. I saw something from I think it was Jason Lacafora that that mentioned that this is something that the rules committee is going to look Are at they? in the off season. So I don't know. I, there's no perfect way, obviously, of doing it. You can't mm-hmm. do different rules for different things, but maybe you can't do it on fourth down. How about that? Well, you, can, you can do it first, second, third down, but you can't do it on fourth down. Well, um, it's it's unstoppable. It we we know that much. Yeah, Hertz was okay. Yeah, they had yeah. the three long drives mm-hmm. and didn't do much outside of that. But again, leading too much into this game, they knew they had it wrapped up. Yeah. Just don't screw it up. Were mm-hmm. they running Hertz too much late in the game? Yeah, maybe. I, I think so. I agree with that. Uh-huh. A guy coming off a shoulder injury and you're still out there and he's still running around. I wouldn't be doing that. It's Run it three times, put it back to them, because they're not doing anything. They can't do anything. Just load the yeah. box, and they're not going to be... Purdy cannot throw the football, and that was no. very apparent. Uh, disappointing. Unbelievable. Remarkable run that he had. What does that mean going forward? Um, obviously, well, what's this injury? That's just it. it. It it could be... Here in this morning, this could this could be a long injury for him. I've heard anything from Tommy John to mm-hmm. you know something torn in there that this is going to be... He's out for 2023. Yep. If that's the case, Or obviously. late in 2023. Right. 
well, then they can't go into the season with him as a starter. No, and, no, no. And so you have that whole circumstance. So we have to wait and see, but the run, how the notoriety that came along with it, mm. just how cool that was yep. for Cyclone fans yep. and, and really state of Iowa. No, you know, it was. Having, having the Cyclone and the Hawkeye on the other side and, and just how much fun Those it was. two, yeah, yes. those, those two teaming up. It, it two was, guys that are completely different, too. No, good God. <laughs> one, one is totally uh, out there. The other one wouldn't open his mouth. I mean, he's just yeah. so quiet and so reserved. Mm-hmm. He's um, just glad to be there. And boy, uh, San Francisco was glad that he was there. Okay. Remarkable run. Uh, we don't know what the next chapter in, chapter in is in his career. He's certainly going to get opportunities now. I mean, whether it's with him and Lance or whether it's get ready for the circus this offseason. And that circus is number 12. Um, not the one in Green Bay, the one in uh, Tampa, at least for now. Breaking news. What is it? The Iowa football press conference has been set for Wednesday. Now it is signing day, mm-hmm. if there is a signee. I uh, know they're after an Indiana tight end, high school tight end. They'll talk about Can't him. Can't climactic this one, isn't it? <laughs> him and him alone. Yeah. Here's our signing class. There Any questions signed. on him? Or what else you got? And then it'll go into... So Brian, still around, huh? Well, will there will there be any news that comes out that precedes the press conference? Or will we find out... During the what time is the press conference? Three p.m. Central Time. Wow, three p.m. All American Room at the Hanson Football Performance Center. So I wonder if there would be an audio feed of that. Oh, I'm sure there will be. Hmm. Well, um, can't wait. Yes, we have to wait. We have to wait until Wednesday. But now we know that it's uh, there's going to be. We hope some clarity coming our mm-hmm. direction, not just ours, but the uh, all of Hawkeye Nation and the media want to know, and um, we'll find out maybe. We'll find out. Maybe. We'll find out. Maybe. All right, so let's go to the AFC Championship game later on. These two teams, Trent, they are so uh, equally, evenly matched. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick Mahomes doing what Patrick Mahomes does. was just incredible, uh, the performance that he did essentially on one leg. It was worse than any, than anybody thought it was going to be. Um, it was um, It was just a gutsy performance. When he needed to run, he ran, and he did so. With, uh, with with essentially, what, Valdez Scantling. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Kelsey was there. Um, but that was, was that was it. I mean, Hardman got hurt. Juju Smith-Schuster got hurt. Tony got hurt in the football game. Uh, they were down to nothing uh, receiver-wise. But the game, to me, as much as you want to praise Patrick Mahomes for being out there, this is the Chris Jones game. He was the difference maker in the football game, in my opinion. Well, in the first half, completely disrupted. Second half... The Bengals are just grabbing him. Singly, every single snap, just yeah, grabbing him. Right. And yes, there we're going to get the officials, and there are plenty of cl- complaints against the mm-hmm. Chiefs, but Chiefs fans just come back with, they're just holding Jones the whole game. Mm-hmm. All game, yes, holding happens on every play. Yep. Yes, uh, come on. That was egregious. They mauled him. Every single snap. And the only time that they actually got to bro for a sack in the second half, they moved him outside. We're sick of the guard that, in the center hugging him every single play. Well, I don't know why they didn't go up against that right. 77, my God, he had a horrible game. Starts with an A, his last name. 77, the right tackle for Cincinnati. Just 
awful. And it, it, it didn't matter who was lining up in front of him mm-hmm. because he was going to get pressure pressure uh, on Justin Burrow, which just goes to uh, show you just how bad, apparently, Buffalo's pass rush is because they never laid a glove or a hand on, on uh, Joe Burrow last week. And the sacks, at least early in that football game, what a difference. Chris Jones was unbelievable in that football game. You know, that was my main talking point last week about this game is I just couldn't get over how quickly the week before the Buffalo game, the narrative, the offensive line, they're screwed. And they played well in that game. Mm-hmm. But it was on snow. Yep. Different environment. And that was just fixed. And I just I couldn't buy into it. And that's why I was on Kansas City. Now, was it a good bet? We can argue about that. But what did the game close at? I think it was one and a half. Was it that? Yeah. Uh-huh. Let's see. Closing line. Let's see. We'll find it here. Closing line. Two and a half. Two and a half. Okay. So cover. Two and a half and 48 and a half was the uh, closing total in the game. But... That's what I just couldn't get past. That yes, they played well for a week, but we can't just get rid of that narrative. We can't no. just completely move past it because it's still three backups. It's still right. And here comes Chris Jones and Frank Clark. Yes, and those guys can get to the quarterback and, and did get to the quarterback. Four sacks in the game, just mm-hmm. one in the second half. But mm-hmm. Willie Gay was terrific. Yes, he was. That the defense for the Chiefs. We talk about Mahomes. We talk about the offense mm-hmm. and all the fun that they are. And their secondary was banged up too. I mean, mm-hmm. they had they had a bunch of young guys back there, and yet Joe Burrow and company um, couldn't um, couldn't take advantage of that. They tried, they tried. Chase had it for his standards. Yet, other than that one spectacular catch on mm-hmm. fourth down, when Tony Romo, who by the way we talked about this last week, right? I the shine's coming off uh, Tony <laughs> Romo. I think a little bit. I don't think that's unfair to say um, because he was universally loved. Eh. Nobody is, but you get my point. A lot of folks thought that this guy's the greatest that we've ever heard in the booth. That's not the case anymore with him. Chase made that remarkable play when uh, when when Romo thought they're just trying to draw everybody offside. I get it. You can't get everything right in the game, but that was just one of his faux pas. But um, here we go, Jim. <laughs> Biggest play of the game. Yeah. Every every play seemingly mm-hmm. um, couldn't run the football. That's no. a credit to the Chiefs' defense. It backs up your point against the offensive line for Cincinnati. Patrick Holmes on one leg throws for 326 and a pair of touchdowns. The one to Valdez Scantling. I have no idea how he got it in that window, (laughs) but yet he did. Uh, The guy's a wizard, and this week you're going to get points. If you want to take Patrick Mahomes, really? Mm Mm-hmm. I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with that. I'm strong because I really liked what the Eagles. I thought the Eagles. I think are. I mean, look, they're both really good teams. I think we're in for a really competitive Super Bowl. But I've gone back and forth. Eagles, how could you beat them? That I see Patrick Mahomes. You're really going to give me points in this guy? Uh, yes, please, all day long. That's what makes betting fun, right? Right. And it, it's tough to come up on a side. Now the play at the end of the game. Which is the right call. It was. It's it's the right call. Yeah, Osai was. I mean, what's he thinking? So it's coming down to the end. You're coming. And by the way, just, that didn't cost the Bengals a chance to play for the. That didn't cost them the game. It cost them a chance to win the game because mm-hmm. I don't think there's any way in hell Andy Reid throws Butker on the field to drive from 60. No. Now, there were still eight seconds left. They could have maybe picked up eight maybe. yards. It would have been like a 50 But Mahomes, Mahomes was hurt, and if you remember him limping off the field mm-hmm. and he's saying, bring, bring, this, bring the kicker on. This is how I took it, right? He's going to the bench. He's, he's waving his hand. Bring the kicker onto the field because I can't 
on another play right now because he got hurt being pushed out of bounds. He got hurt running the way that he did. So to your point, maybe, but I think that they would have run on. They're not kicking from 60 yards. They're just not. I feel bad for Osai. He played a phenomenal football game. He was all over the field. But man, oh man, oh man, that's going to be a long offseason for this dude. And seeing him on the sideline. Oh, just distraught. Yeah. Just absolutely distraught. Felt awful. Weeping. Yes, I did. I did fell off. You're trying to make a play. Mm -hmm. I get it. Then you read about a story, and I get it. There's a lot of stories in the NFL. There's a lot of stories everywhere. I mean, this guy is this family coming over from Nigeria, six of them in a one room apartment. I mean, just phenomenal story, right? Good for you and good for your family being able to capture the American dream and take advantage of it. And oh, by the way, one of your children gets to the NFL and he's a good player. And then to have this bonus, this happened to him, just oh, I feel bad for him. And then the injury on top of it. Then the injury on top of it. He hyperextends yep. his knee, yep. and that was gross. It was. It I had was. to, after the second time seeing him, like, oh. Stop! Shut! Enough CBS. I, I got it. See, I didn't see it until watching the highlights oh, later really? on. Oh yeah, that was one where uh-huh. Tara and I both had to turn away. Ugh. It was gross. Yeah, feel and then bad third, and then the fourth time. And all oh, right, mm-hmm. enough. Got mm-hmm. it. Yeah, he hyperextended his knee. Those are gross. <laughs> and luckily, it was just a hyperextension because when I first saw it, I th- ACL, yeah, dislocated knee, Ugh. all kinds of things, and looked like a hyperextension. But it, you have that. You have the injury, uh, and then. Bucker, 45-yarder right down and, the middle. And the other thing, Mahomes after the game, mentioning Bucker, how many times throughout the year did we talk to Mitch Holtis mm-hmm. and Nick Mixed, Atten, Missed extra points. Missed extra points mm-hmm. and missed kicks yep. from Bucker, yep. and he split the uprights. It wasn't even, it wasn't even close. Yeah, it was It, it was right, right down the middle. Yeah, plenty of distance uh, right down the middle. But they don't try it from 60, and it's not good from 60. Um, See, that's why, that's why I said at the beginning, we got robbed as sports fans. We got robbed of an opportunity to see the new uh, playoff um, overtime rules in the NFL. Didn't get an opportunity to see it. They're so evenly matched, the, these two teams. Just remarkable. Remarkable. Uh, really good football game. All right, a couple of calls real quick. Uh, let's get Nate first of all. Nate, welcome. Thanks for being patient. Nate, what's on your mind? Oh, I just got to do my victory lap, Ken. This is the guy that always calls yeah. me a Chiefs fan. Well done. Congratulations. Just, so I guess the problem I got is just on Facebook and stuff and, and all other social media stuff, just refs, 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 refs on that game. And I just, like you guys mentioned, they were holding Chris Jones the entire time. And the yes. only call that impacted the score was on the Chiefs when they called that I guess holding. I mean, yeah, he had his arm out on the touchdown run. Yeah, Pacheco. Yep, yep, yep. And that took four points off the board. Mm-hmm. And then before half, they had the same situation that the Cowboys had. They tackled. I can't remember who it was when the Bengals were going. They tackled him out of bounds, going backwards, and they stopped the clock for him, mm-hmm. saving them a timeout. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the 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 third down and nine for, play. I thought it was awful at first, and then they found a shot. Of the official running into the field, waving his arms, that the play had stopped and stopping. It's no play. Yeah. That was not he. They were stopping it. Yes, they and were. The, the, making them use a challenge for reaching out for the first down, but the Bills don't have to challenge when uh, Mahomes' leg was down. They they did the whole referee huddle and the expedited challenge. Yeah. You know, without using the challenge. So I, I will say they, this: they Nate. sit there and they get it. I just. Yeah, I, I will say this. I don't recall seeing a, other than over the goal line where a receiver sticks the ball out, and and um and they and they changed they overturned the call at that point. 
other than when it's on the goal line. When it's on the goal line because there's cameras fixed there, uh, you, you see yeah. it overturned there. They're, I, doing a, they're doing a pylon post now on the first down. If you see them when they set the first down marker, they've got a pylon camera there now. Well, um, look, at the, the officials were bad for all four teams yesterday. You could make a case that exactly. all four teams were bad. Kansas City won the football game. Uh, that's what we know. It was a terrific football game. As a football fan, I would have loved the game to go to overtime. Mm-hmm. You as a Chiefs fan, I'm guessing uh, you loved the... Uh, no, I would not because it, it would just be the... Uh, I, I mean, Mahomes had nobody left to throw to. No, he didn't. And, and he... On a- and he's running off the field after Oside knocked him out of bounds, and he's and he's waving to Andy Reid, saying, "Come on out here, come on out here," uh, because he, he couldn't answer he, the bell. Everything he had, and yeah. He didn't have he didn't have Justin Watson either. They had to deactivate him for illness. Yeah. So they had five receivers down. Kelsey with a hurt back. Yep. I mean, just oh, just these Bengals fans. How much their mayor, their mayor oh, going on telling him about Mahomes checking his daddy. Um, Burrowhead, just to, I mean, I've never switched to hating a team so fast in my life. <laughs> so, Nate, how, how old are you, Nate? Let me ask you this. How old a guy are you? Uh, getting ready to be 35. Okay, so you might not. So, I, I was trying to go back later on in the night, just um, the villains that can't come in there, because Elway, I think, was clearly one of them. Then I think he was, yeah, his I place would... was taken by Roethlisberger, right? And now I yeah, think it's... Th- I've hated this. Now it's the Bengals. I I've, think it is. I've grown up always hating the Ra- Raiders, but what the, they're the Raiders. What are they going to do? Chargers, right. you know, Chargers are going to... Phillip Rivers was Chargers, on that list. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. He always ran his mouth. But yep. this Cincinnati team, just thinking they are... Oh, I, I haven't seen a team run their mouth so much, but it has not accomplished anything yet. Yeah. Nate, thanks for and the just call. Just seeing the tweets. All right, thanks, guys. Yeah, good to hear from you. Uh, Jeff is next. Jeff, how are you? Good. Uh, let's start here. So this is the Chiefs getting to the Super Bowl uh, three out of four years. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. Yep. Uh, but just to touch base on that call, they better win this year because if they don't, you're shining one Super Bowl out of, you know, three or four appearances. So I understand what that caller was saying, but you better you better wrap it up here. But how tight the margins are, Trent kind of, t- you know, touched base on it early. It was 20-20 in the fourth quarter. That game could have went either way. And, you know, you guys were talking about players the moment. I thought Sky Moore kicked up the return. return unbelievable, to, yes. To get, to get them in field goal yep. range. Yep. That, was, that was a huge momentum yep. swing. Huge. And then, we, then when we talked since, you kind of touched up on Chase. I thought T. Higgins was unbelievable. He was. When, T. Higgins, when he caught that touchdown at the peak moment, T. Higgins, I mean, I think they were probably double up on Chase, but they better figure out this offseason because I think T. Higgins is due for a contract what they're going to do. I would hope they keep T. Higgins in the future. Travis Kelsey, I don't know if you guys watched that for postgame. He's hilarious. Um, you know, calling out the, you know, there. the mayor of Cincinnati yep. and calling him a jabroni. Yep, yep. Fight for your right. Loved it. Um, Got to be a great Super Bowl. I just want to touch base on the Cyclones tonight. Tough spot. 8 p.m. tip. Don't know where. I don't know what network's got it. Uh, two, ESPN 2. ESPN 2. I hope they stay down. Well, I don't know if they came. No, back they home. came home. They came back. They apparently. came home. Yeah. So they're going to travel. Texas Tech's eleven and ten. I understand we beat them already, but if Iowa State's a tournament team, I believe they're a better team. There's no reason why. I know the Lions one and a half. There is no reason why they pack their defense. They take care of business tonight on the road, and they beat Texas Tech. Am I wrong with saying that, or am I missing something there, guys? No, I, I don't think I don't think you're wrong. Um, I and I I think that. Um, Texas Tech's got some dudes out. Too. They're 0-8. They're just 
the season has gone poorly yeah. for them. There's, there's talent on the team. What, what's the transfer's name, Amok? Yeah. I think he's out. And you know who else has not been playing? Uh, what's in it? Pop's Isaac. Pop Isaacs hasn't been playing oh, really? lately. So those so, two guys, that's that's two so, big pieces out. So, Trent, so explain to me then why Iowa State's a one-and-a-half-point favorite then it just, with all that. Be, because still analytically, Texas Tech still – Tech still rates very well. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. And they, they're coming off a win. They beat their opponent, right? They beat LSU in the SEC yes. Challenge, yes. So it's still Texas Tech, but yeah, the numbers right now, Ken Pomeroy has a two. Um, Bartorvik has a two and a half. So it's just kind of a metric play more than anything. It just says that. Um, yeah, and that's why the numbers are where they are. It's not going to be easy. It's a road game. Mm-hmm. And you wonder, maybe a little confidence finally getting a win, ending that, what was it, an eight-game losing streak for Texas Tech. Maybe that gives them a little bit of confidence here. But, hey, if you're going to win a regular season crown, you win this game. These are the games Absolutely. you have to win. You, you win have to game. do yeah. that. And yeah. it doesn't matter if it's ugly and if it's 58-55. It doesn't matter. Just have to find a way to get this one. And, and we'll see this out. Texas Tech outfit on CBS on Saturday. Oh, and really? Baylor, Texas Tech. Oh. And Kenneth Trent, real quick, how about Patch McCaffrey hitting that three, hitting a couple threes in the mm-hmm. Hawkeyes, sweeping. You talk about beating a team yeah. once. They beat the beat Rutgers twice yeah. at home. McCaffrey, everybody stepped up yesterday for the Hawks. And again, take care of business. Beat Northwestern and then whoever they had, Illinois on Illinois, Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. Take care of business at home. And again, this team's such a yo-yo. Oh, my gosh. They, they were fun to watch yesterday, too. Sports. Oh, you got to love sports, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs> yes, indeed we do. Uh, good call. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate that. Appreciate Nate as well chiming in here. Um, it's going to be a good Super Bowl. So, f- first blush, not holding you to it? Yeah. What are you doing? I'm leaning Kansas City. Points with Mahomes? Yeah, got to see and probably just grab money line, get plus money here, and then kind of have that in my back pocket and go mm-hmm. from there. I think that's what I'm going to do. I haven't fired anything yet. Mm-hmm. Got to see wider. Did receivers. you see the movement or not on that line when it first came out? Well, and it just the instantly and Circa and Penson, Jeff Benson. Yes, he said well, we got this one wrong. Yes, said they were just and at the time their openers twenty thousand dollars is their max. It goes up to right. hundreds of thousands of dollars, right. but. He said we're just taking one bet after the other at the wrong couldn't number, apparently. One. Yeah, couldn't get one. we got to get Benson back on here, maybe Super Bowl week. That's, he's uh, he's a very entertaining character well, on it, it opened Well, uh, it opened at 7.08, so that's 708 Pacific. It was 2.5. Uh, a minute later, it was down to 1.5. Another minute later, it was 1. So Two minutes are... later, it was pick, and then boom, all of a sudden, the Eagles are favored. And this is all within a span. I've never seen this before. A span of... Uh, nine, uh, 17 minutes, the number had moved five points. So taking a 20,000 and a 20,000 and a 20,000. and They no just more. couldn't They couldn't get a bet on, on the Chiefs. Because they were the only ones that had that number, two. They were higher than the rest of the market. And the market, it always fluctuates. Most people are buying the value that they find, and that's the direction that they go. Wow. So going to be a fun couple of weeks well, here. this is Benson's tweet, and I love the fact that he's able to you know, point the finger blame. The market disagreed and said our opener was garbage. <laughs> and it was. <laughs> and the market took advantage of their garbage opener, and they bet the hell out of it and moved it to five points within 17 minutes. That is unheard of. It is. It's unheard of. Um, Especially for a Super Bowl line. You know, I, I'm with you. First blush, you're going to give me points in Patrick Mahomes? Mm-hmm. Got to see health. Kelsey, I mean, how about the steam yesterday, too? Though he wasn't playing. Who was it? Uh, Glazer, right? Yes. I mean, Glazer made it sound like he was coming out of the hospital right. bed to play. He looked like Travis Kelsey to me. As he always does. Right. Patrick Mahomes looked like Patrick Mahomes to me, as he always does. Look Some at, of these plays. Yeah. 
That pass to Valdez Scantling. Oh. I mean, my good God. Unbelievable. He's a wizard. Yes, he is. And the line is the Chris Jones game to me. It's yeah. Chris Jones game. We'll take a timeout. Scott Dockerman on Iowa. Uh, it's Miller and Condon. We're underway on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station. One Keyword. Oh, that's right. Uh, time for another $1,000 keyword. Go to KXNO.com. And uh, once you get there, the pop-up box will appear, and you can enter this nationwide contest by inserting the keyword bonus. Bonus into the pop-up box at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. Bonus at KXNO.com. Scott Dockerman next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.3 and 52. Hi, Miller Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO by 1135. Take you until 1 o'clock. Let's get our friend Scott Docterman in here from The Athletic. His uh, two-part mailbag published over the weekend. Uh, if you missed the beginning of the show, it has been announced. There will be a press opportunity on Wednesday, the second signing period, where I was scheduled to sign one player, Trent? But maybe one. Maybe one. Maybe one. Uh, Doc, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. Doc, how are you? I'm fantastic, fellas. How about yourself? Doing well. You know what I want to start with you? I want to, I want to uh, thank you. Uh, I would have missed the Zach Jackson. I believe that's your colleague's name at The Athletic. I didn't put two and two together and realize the tie between Nick Sirianni, the Eagles head coach, and Iowa State's head coach, Matt Campbell. Quite a history between those two coaches, Doc, and I had no idea until I read the piece. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Mount Union has uh, you know, got a great reputation, as we know, but... Uh, you know, we've got uh, we've <laughs> we've probably been more like the Brock Purdy channel, uh, yeah, you know, for right. the last uh, month or so. I mean, I think there's been a story from our San Francisco people just about every day on something Brock Purdy related. So, uh, but yeah, it was nice to see something, you know, Sirianni and uh, you know between him and, and Matt Campbell there at Mount. Yeah, Brock Purdy, Mount be, Brock Purdy's become our Kicksonos become the Brock Purdy station as well. <laughs> Understandably so. I mean, a remarkable, remarkable story. Uh, I'm not uh, ridiculing anybody's decision to talk about Purdy, it's, but he's moved the needle. Well, Doc, uh, we will. I would think, uh, well, Kirk Ferentz will, uh, one way or another, I would think, create a lot of chatter on Wednesday uh, after the press conference, whether anything is revealed or whether nothing is revealed. Either way, it's going to be a big talker. What do you expect, Doc, on Wednesday uh, when uh, you hear from Iowa's head football coach? Um, That's a great question because what I think everybody would like to hear, I think there needs to be some sort of emphatic yes or no about his staff. And because uh, it's something that, uh, you know, is, is pretty much eaten all of us up. You know, I'm sure you guys are tired of speculating over the last mm-hmm. month since the bowl game and even before. And I'm certainly tired of trying to answer any kind of questions <laughs> from a very feisty fan base right now. And I think he needs to be definitive. You know, if Brian Ferentz is going to return, why? And it's going to be pretty messy if that's the case. If Brian Ferentz is going to leave, and then why again? And, you know, what took you so long? But also, 
what is the you know what's the next step for the offense and everything because you know outside of that they've had a very productive offseason. I mean they've signed six players to the offense and five of which look like they're probably going to start. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive for the the worst statistical offense you know in in a quarter of a century in the Big Ten at least. So I think that's a good place to start. But when there's just this constant lingering of you know, Brian Ferentz, Brian Ferentz, Brian Ferentz. It's just not – nothing is going to go away until that, that gets answered. And I know it's his son, but at some point there needs to be some accountability for, for the woes of the offense. We get to Wednesday. Nothing happens in the coaching front for Brian. He is still officially an Iowa coach. How does Kirk Ferentz sell this? I mean, you'll be the one writing the story. We'll be talking about it. How do you sell that if you're going to bring him back now for a seventh season when the offense has not been good during the whole tenure and has completely cratered the last two years? How do you sell that to a fan base that, tell you what, that home schedule next year, not exactly juicy compared to the last couple of seasons? It's, you can't sell that. You can't sell you know 130th total offense a year after doubling down on we've got great coaches here and then you're, at, you're just so much worse than you were the year before. And I mean, the year before they, they won a division, they were 10 and four. And this year they were eight and five with the nation's best defense and they couldn't do anything with it. They lost two games when they allowed 10 points or less. I mean, that's just ridiculous. So I, you can't sell that. And I know that's something that, uh, you know, I, I mean, hearing a lot of whispers and stuff, it's not all roses and ice cream, you know, among the everybody in the athletics department, because how is Gary Bartis supposed to sell that? I mean, football is the, the breadwinner. It's the moneymaker for the athletic department. And there will be a lot of people. I mean, last time when people started to feel on the other side, you know, there was a 17% drop in season tickets going into 2015. Mm-hmm. I mean, if this is the same case now, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if it's up to one-third drop their season tickets. Not to say they won't go to a game, mm-hmm. but you cannot have that happen if you're Iowa because you get them. Season tickets are so much different than single game. So uh, if you have employee Brian Ferentz in the current role without any changes, I mean, good luck. And, and you know, trying to even justify it. You know, I, I could spin something or I could uh, discuss something in a way where, hey, Brian Ferentz isn't that bad of a coach, but – you know, there are a lot of really good coaches in the NFL who get fired all the time. And Brian could be a really good coach, but the results don't show that. One other thing on this press conference. If, again, there is not a coaching change, if we don't have any news before that and it's going to be status quo, does Gary Barton need to be there to answer questions since Brian Ferentz, he is his superior? Absolutely. I think if it's going to be status quo, he's going to have to try to justify that. Mm-hmm. Because, again, you know, he's... You know they're the old, they're the most uh, the longest tenured athletic director coach tandem in the country. He's fifth overall, and you know right behind Jamie Pollard in tenure himself. And you need to answer those questions because you need to try to convince a, a very skeptical and mostly and now cynical public about your offense that yes, you should still continue to buy tickets to this team. I mean. There is still a great program. I mean, overall, they, they, they're winning at a level that's that most people would really envy. And an eight and five season that I think some programs would take in a heartbeat, you know, was a down year for them. There's a lot of things you can discuss, but without that offense getting retooled, um, you know, in the play calling and just having a different leader, I, I just, I think that you're going to have to have all hands on deck or otherwise this thing's going to spin out of control and you're going to have 
you know, 40,000 people at, at Kinnick Stadium for the season opener. And I knew that about the the uh, longevity between Bard and Ference and where they rank because I read the article in today's Athletic Doc this morning. So uh, thank you for that. Um, I, you know, the Part one of your two-part mailbag, uh, the, there's a question in there that uh, I thought was a really good question. It's a really a good debate question, too. When it comes to Cooper DeGene and where he may rank when it's all said and done for him amongst the best cornerbacks, and you know when you when you take a look at the list that you compiled, first of all, just jumps. They had some dudes back there over the Ferrets there, and that's just cornerbacks. That's not talking safeties, uh, Doc. That's what jumped off to me. Just some of the names uh, that have played at the University of Fort Kirk Ferrets. Uh, not where you know you you can rank them, and everybody's going to be a little bit different. It, it's uh, and uh, Cooper DeGene clearly is going to be part of that conversation. But man, they had some players. Oh yeah, I mean when you look at since 2009, I mean no no team in the Big 10 has had more um first team all conference defensive backs and no team's had more um consensus all conference defensive backs. Um and that's that's a credit to Paul Parker because when you're taking guys like Riley Moss, uh you know who was a great mm-hmm. shirt initially and and the list goes on and on and on and on, you know, from then uh you know just you know, Mari Spave, who was a two star, and, and, you know, Micah Hyde, who was, uh, you know, 168 pound quarterback in high school and turned him into, you know, a long time NFL player. I mean, he has done a remarkable job. I don't think there's anybody better. And I am really still, I'm kind of dismayed that, that, uh, he hasn't, you know, won the, the Broyles award because I think yeah. what he was able to do this year. I mean, you think about the, the statistics Iowa's defense put up, you know, number one in, um, in a stop rate percentage and yards per play allowed, which is tied for the best over the last, what, 10 plus years. And he didn't even have to play his own offense. Mm-hmm. I mean, Iowa, if, the, if Iowa's defense played its own offense, I mean, they probably have negative yards. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's, it's just ridiculous because, I mean, Illinois had that benefit. Yeah. Michigan had that benefit, but Iowa didn't. Uh, so I, I think, uh, you know, yeah, you look at all those dudes and it's, it's pretty remarkable. But I'll say this. But I think uh, Cooper DeGene may be the most talented of the bunch. And uh, it's hard for me to get past Desmond King for a lot of reasons, mm-hmm. but um, I think Cooper DeGene is more talented than Desmond King. And I think he's got first-round Pro Bowl, potential all-pro capability to him once he goes to the next level. So Portal Kirk strikes again. Rusty Feth, the offensive lineman from Miami of Ohio, played center the last two years. We saw Logan Jones struggle snapping the football at times this year. He's a young guy, uh, possibility also of a guard. What have you heard about Rusty Feth? And, boy, he just looks like an offensive lineman, doesn't Marty, the balding hair, the big beard. He, he looks like he's going to fit right into the middle of that offensive line. If there's any team in America that could use a Rusty, it's Iowa. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, just name and, and the way he looks. I mean, I'm sure parents will slip up and call him Marshall for Marshall Yonda because he kind of has that look mm. to him, too. But, you know, I, I, but I, I'm not suggesting he plays like Marshall right. Yonda. That's a different animal altogether. But, but I, I do think, you know, it, it's a position of need. It's one that they could have really used. And then they, it, it's the perfect Iowa move. I mean, George Barnett coached him for two years when he was a guard at Miami of Ohio. And then Barnett moves to Iowa. He opens up. He's available. Uh, you know, and I think his position flexibility is really, you know, helpful. I, I thought Logan Jones got better as the year went on. I mean, the snap issue has to end. There's no doubt about that. But if Rusty Fest fits in as a guard, great. If he's a center, great. You know, it doesn't really matter. I, I think, you know, they've got enough guys that I think, you know, the, the cream's going to rise to the top among the younger players. So, uh, but I think he's a, he's a plug and play. 
I think, uh, you know, with, with Parker, uh, they want Parker. I think he's got more of a, um, you know, he, he's got the starter kit that you're looking for, but you're just not sure because it is a big jump. But I think, you know, Rusty Feth is kind of like Jeff Heflin a few years ago. Mm. Plug play, he's going to start, and you're probably not going to have to worry about him. Uh, maybe a bigger version of, uh, you know, Kyler Schott or somebody like that. I think that's exactly what Iowa needs right now. Uh, is Are they done, do you think, Doc, in the portal? No, 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 they're not done. I mean, you know, they, they uh, you know, had Nick Jackson, a linebacker, a two-time second-team All-ACC linebacker on campus this weekend. They are looking at wide receivers, and then they also are, uh, you know, just continuing to scour the portal. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if, you know, when the second part of the portal season opens up after May, just depending mm-hmm. after school, after, uh, you know, practice and stuff, I mean, you know, they're looking at, at defensive backs. They are not done. You know, so six offensive upgrades. Uh, I think says a lot, but they're still not done. I get the sense uh, that Nebraska fans are a little feisty about what Rule's doing over there in a good way. They're 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 coming out, Doc. Uh, they were starting to hear from a little bit more. Uh, they haven't done anything over the last decade or something, but boy, oh boy, they are puffing out their chests already, aren't they? It's frustrating to me because I think I try to use like a soft uh, example, you know, just to say that they. Uh, are starting from scratch. And I thought, well, that's perfect for what, you know, for a program that, you know, is 13th in Big Ten wins since 2017 that is the only Power Five program to not make a bowl over the last six years, uh, that they want a new culture change and not Scott Frost. But, yeah, they took it hard. I mean, you know, you even think about Nebraska hasn't even, um, you know, last year they had two players, only two, make any of the Big Ten's all-conference, three conference teams. Both of them are off to the NFL. They don't have anything there. Yet they seem to think because they beat Iowa and almost beat Wisconsin that, they, uh, that they're that they slighted by not being considered among the favorites. And it's like, you got to win more than two games the last two years against Big Ten West competition before you even considered here. But, you know, they just do not want to take a backseat to Iowa in any way, shape, or form. Nope. Until they do, until they prove it, you know, I'm I'm not going to put them in that category. They're just haven't earned it. I get the sense that maybe Iowa is more of a Nebraska sees Iowa is more of a rival than Iowa sees Nebraska because there's so many choices for Iowa. I'm not sure there is for Nebraska. No question, it is. I mean, you talk to the players and and even you know some of the coaches, and they view teams that maybe Nebraska wouldn't even think about, like a Penn State because they played them so many years in a row, and they're all really close games. And, more of a rival. Illinois and Northwestern. I mean, Nebraska's, you know, the fifth farthest Big Ten West campus to Iowa. There's really nothing in common other than, you know, the, the Missouri border bordering in. I mean, you know, they have a history with Minnesota. The, the in-state situation with Iowa State makes it a very feisty rivalry. Yeah. Wisconsin's close. They play them all the time close. Northwestern, they get a lot of students from the Chicagoland area. Illinois, of course, as well. I mean, it, it's just, you know, until Nebraska really starts to assert its Nebraskaness on the Big Ten. There's just really no reason for Iowa to look at them beyond just another team in the league. Now, they could go and beat Iowa five straight years and you know rule the region, you know, rule with an H, and uh, everybody's going to be like, oh, you're the best again. But until they do it, you know, it's been since 1999 since they won a conference title. I mean, it's just it's not the same program it once was. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Doc, anything uh, you'd like to promote coming up this week? Obviously, you'll have a ton of coverage on Wednesday and into Thursday. Anything else? Yeah, I think we're just going to I'm gonna go with a lot of the Iowa stuff right now, Iowa football, because we'll know a lot on Wednesday. I think we're going to get some answers, and it, it might be uh, the time for the 
quote, tough questions to come out. And uh, mm-hmm. so everybody can be excited about that to grade how what kind of tough questions are asked by the Iowa-friendly media. Uh, there'll be a lot of members of, of uh, citizens of the state listening and around the country as well. Uh, good stuff. Thank you, Doc. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you in a week. Thank you, Scott Dockerman. All right. Thanks, guys. Yep, Appreciate good, it. Yep. Good to talk to you. Scott Dockerman, our friend from The Athletic. All right. We'll come back. Wrap up our number one, Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3.net. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, final couple of minutes here, hour number one. Uh, Nick Athen, Nick Olson in Iowa, number two on the Chiefs and the Cyclones in that order. Uh, so no Tucker DeVries yesterday. Mm-hmm. On the road, the, the Bulldogs go to take on Belmont, who was sitting in second place in the Valley. Tough spot, you'd think. Uh, boy, oh boy, they pounded Belmont yesterday pounded them. The veterans on that squad—they played a lot of basketball. Well, there's a bunch of them there <laughs> before Tucker got there too. That's a good point. And know each other incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Veteran presence, easy to kind of pick things up when that happened. In fact, when I heard the injury news, I was already on Drake, and I liked it a little bit more. It wasn't one of those did, spots did where they change the point spread at all. I, it moved a point, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was around to pick them, and, and that's where it was. So not a whole lot of movement there, even with the news of Tucker DeVries, and it was just because of that, just knowing. These guys have been around for a long time. And you know, coming into that circumstance, you come into a veteran team, you think of Tucker a year ago, what he was able to do and trying to acclimate yourself and you know, fit in, right, with a bunch of veterans. Fit in pretty well. <laughs> and yeah. And how difficult I'm sure that was at times for Darren trying to hey, this guy's really talented, and the players know that. Sure. I mean, they they know how talented is, but a late game situation. You go back to the game previous, drawing things up for your son, late in the game. And mm-hmm. th- there's there's an extra layer there, but I really believe that they were going to be fine here, and they're still in the mix, right? Oh, there's a, what, a game out now? What's uh, Southern Illinois 9-3 and three and then 8-4 and four for Belmont and, and Drake? Yes, yeah, that's uh, what the numbers uh, shape up right now. So you have SIU and Belmont are both 9-3. and three. Okay. 8-4 and four for Drake, you and I, and Bradley. And, oh, game. by the way, you and I, Drake, play Wednesday night at the NAP. That'll be a fun one. Boy, also, is it wonder if there's real TV on that? You know, let's hope we get a CBS Sports Network, or you know what, like or six sixty five. It pops up on there every right. now and then yeah. uh, on NBC Sports Chicago. Yeah, two in-state teams love to be able to see that one uh, on the TV, and uh, we shall see. Uh, but yeah, Nap Center uh, on Wednesday night. If you're looking for something to do, it's and- an eight o'clock tip. So I'm going to anticipate. TV that there will be because it's not seven right and seven usually means it's on your it's on internet feed only get type of game fingers crossed fingers crossed should be a good one uh, both teams having terrific years mm-hmm. the Panthers seemingly are the team that's fooling everybody with the year they've put together in a positive way and kind of let one slip away it is ESPN plus kind of surprised by that it is a plus game but maybe Damn we'll it. have Kevin Laban on the call okay and we'll have to get Kevin on again this weekend, preview or recap the matchup with him. Should be a fun one at the Nap Center, and then they quickly turn around again, and they face off then on February 15th, just two weeks later. It is the MVC Game of the Week, Bally Sports Midwest. Thank oh, you, Mike Mahon. Oh, perfect. Absolutely. Television on that. The, so Bally Sports Midwest, that's 666. Eight? No, that's north. 671. 671. There you go. Right. 671, the St. Louis Cardinal Station. Well, that's where they pair. And they have their new broadcast team. Yeah, thankfully. Indeed. All right. Thank you, Mike, for that information. It is, uh, there will be television of the in-state valley matchup, the first of two. 
uh, regular season games. Panthers and the Bulldogs on Wednesday night at 8. Nick Athen in 10 minutes. Nick Oson in 30 minutes. Miller and Condon will be back with our number 2 on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO.